This is MindSpeak. Everything you thought you knew about health is about to be turned on its head. I'm Holly Higgins, a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm here to show you how your mind can heal your body, your body can heal your mind, and no matter what you've been told, you are in the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. If you're listening to this on launch day, happy New Year's Eve. If you're listening to this after launch day, happy 2020. That sounds like a fake year. I thought we were supposed to have flying cars by now. Instead, we just have cell phones that listen to us and give us targeted advertisements for random conversations that we were having. Anyway, I digress. Do not let me go down that rabbit hole. I'll spend a whole episode ranting. (laughs) Happy New Year! We are starting we. Me and you. I don't know who else we is. There's no like ghost here in this closet with me. Maybe there is. We are starting on MindSpeak, (laughs) the Get Your Ish Together mini-series for January. And in this mini-series, we're going to be talking about how getting your ish together, you know what ish is, right? It's like the nice way to say the other thing that, yeah, getting your ish together in one area of your life can create massive changes in all areas of your life. And this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my personal story of getting my ish together. And for me, as uh, some of you may know, it all started with nutrition and changing what I ate. This was really the gateway drug for me. This was my gateway drug into radical personal change and radical personal development was just changing what I put on my plate. And when I started that, I had no idea how that change was going to snowball for me. I just thought, I'm changing how I eat. I want to feel better. I want to lose some weight. I had no idea how my life was about to change. And I think we can start anywhere. We can start with food or home organization or making changes in our job or whatever it might be. We start with one little thing And it can snowball in massive ways. I've seen it happen over and over. So I'm super excited about this mini-series. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. But I have an important announcement to make. I am taking nutrition clients again. My nutrition practice has been on a wait list for over a year, which... I make the home alone face when I say that. You know what the home alone face is where you're screaming and you have your <laughs> you have your hands over your cheeks. I make the home alone face when I say that because I don't really know how that happened. And I, I do and I don't know how it happened. But anyway, I make the home alone face because I really don't like having to turn people away or put them on my waiting list or refer them out when they're ready to work with me. Um, and it breaks my little heart. So I'm super happy to say that I have room in my practice again for new clients, and I am enrolling for a 10-week program starting January 21st. It's called Whole Mind Redesign. It is a deep dive into the food mood connection. So if you struggle with your mood and you're looking for a holistic 
whole person approach. You know, we do talk about the food. It is a nutrition program, but just like you hear on this podcast, it's all about the mindset and mind, body, spirit side of things too. So I'm super, super excited about that program and about welcoming some new clients into my practice. If you're interested in learning more about that, um, it's totally virtual. All the classes happen over Zoom. There's a private membership site. I'm so, so, so excited about it. It's going to be amazing. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to Whole Mind Redesign. That'll just take you straight to the page, wholemindredesign.com. I'll also link that up in the show notes. And if you can relate to my story at all, this is the program that I needed when I was struggling. So I have created what I didn't have, and I'm so excited to lead some special people through it, and maybe you're one of those people. So if you're interested, it is by application only because I want to make sure that everybody who is in this program is a really, really good fit, and we just create an amazing space in there. So again, head over to wholemindredesign.com to check that out. Applications are only going to be open for the next two weeks or until all the spaces fill. I'm keeping this program super duper small. So if you're interested, don't drag your feet. Get on over there and apply. And if you have also been interested in RTT, um, members of this program receive an RTT session with me as part of the program. They have the option to do that. You don't have to because I realize not everybody's going to want to do RTT, but if you've been wanting to do RTT, RTT is included with this program. You can also work with me privately for RTT. I have a page on my site about that as well. So go check that out if you're looking for a partner in your health, wellness, mindset, personal development journey for 2020. But back to the episode, back to the beginning of my Get Your Ish Together series. I think when we decide we want to change our life, it can feel super overwhelming. You know, we look at all of the areas of life that we want to change, and it can seem really daunting, especially if there are multiple areas of our life that we want to change. It seems daunting and overwhelming, and so we just do nothing at all because there's way too much to do. And what I've seen time and time again is that focus change in one area quickly snowballs into other areas. It's when we think we have to eat the whole elephant of our life and change our health and our finances and our career and where we live and optimize everything that it backfires and we get overwhelmed and we do nothing. When we take focused action in one area, When we open one door, we get some momentum going and suddenly you gain a sense of power and agency. You have some progress to celebrate. You have some confidence. You have some wins in your pocket and you're like, oh, maybe I can do this. And then it snowballs into all areas of your life. So if you feel like especially, I mean, can we talk about this time of year, (laughs) New Year's Eve, beginning of the year? Um, you know, being in the nutrition, wellness, personal development space that I'm in, this is a really intense time of year. This is this is the time of year where you feel like you do have to get all of your ish together and 
here's this series that you're listening to about getting your ish together. But what I'm here to do is to help you break that down and realize that you only have to do it one bite at a time. So if you're in a place where you're totally overwhelmed or you don't know where to start or you're looking around at your life and you're like, how did this hot mess happen? I don't even know where to start. Just start somewhere. And this series, I'm going to help you figure out where to start and how to start because you don't have to do it all at once. You just have to take that very first step in the right direction and then you will pick up speed. It's when you look at how far you have to go. That's when you shoot yourself in the foot, no matter where you're at, you know, whether you're, let's say, just working on weight loss. I hate that example, but just working on weight loss and you're thinking, oh, I have so far to go or whether you're looking at all these different areas of your life and saying, man, I'm never going to be where I want to be because I have so far to go. It's when you're looking at how far you have to go and you say, I couldn't possibly do all that. That's when you get overwhelmed. That's when you say there's no point in doing anything at all. And you just turn back to your old coping mechanisms. And then months, days, weeks, years go by and you find yourself in the same spot. So in this mini series, we're going to be talking about different gateway drugs to change. Gateway drugs to change, man, because this happens differently for everyone. Everybody has different entry points. You know, for me, it all started with food, but I've studied a lot of people who have radically changed their life and they all start somewhere. You know, anybody who has a hero story of overcoming. <laughs> They all had to start somewhere. It wasn't like A to B. They magically woke up one day and were like, woohoo, I have an amazing life now. That's not how it happens. So again, for me, it started with food. For some people, it starts with finances or organizing their homes. Have you watched that Marie Kondo show on Netflix or read their Marie Kondo book? I mean, yes, organizing your home is a big deal. We're actually going to have somebody on to talk about home organization. It's going to be amazing. And so each week for the month of January, we're going to have a different guest and we're going to talk about different possible entry points, different quote unquote gateway drugs that you can use to enter the realm of transformation. So like I've said 79 times now, (laughs) my gateway drug into radical personal change was food. And if you know my story you know that that was a complete accident. I was never into nutrition. I have, you know, I always thought people who were into nutrition, they were just those lifelong health nuts and like they popped out of the womb and started eating salads. (laughs) That was not me. I was a foodie, but in the sense that I loved craft beer and really crazy burgers. Shout out to Kuma's Corner in Chicago. If you've ever been there, (laughs) that was, that was, my preferred food. Um, And I never gave any thought to nutrition or health until I needed to. The only thing I ever thought about food was, does it taste effing delicious? (laughs) If so, I'm eating it. But I got to this point where I had gained over 60 pounds as a quote unquote side effect of psych meds. I had no energy. 
I didn't recognize myself. I had no no zest for life. I just felt like I was walking around like a zombie. And up until that point, unconsciously, I was really living in victim mode. I didn't know that I was living in victim mode. I wouldn't I wouldn't walk up to you and say, "Hi, I'm Holly Higgins and I'm a victim." <laughs> Let me tell you about my victim mentality. I was unconscious of it. I didn't know that I was doing this, but now I can tell you absolutely I was living in victim mentality. Life was happening to me. I was not in control of my life. Life was happening to me. My depression, my anxiety, my job that I didn't like, my crappy relationships, my finances, I felt like everything was happening to me. I was keeping my head above water. I was maintaining the status quo. I was getting by, but I truly felt like a victim of my circumstances, and I blamed absolutely everything on a crappy childhood and bad brain chemistry and a terrible economy. You know, I'm thinking back to like the 2008, 2012 time frame. And deep down inside, I had what I've heard called the gnaws. So the gnaws are, that's the gnawing feeling that you have that you know you're made for more and you know things could be better. I knew I was smart and I knew I was talented, but I always felt crushed by what felt like these larger forces in my life. I always felt like, well, if XYZ wasn't standing in my way, then I could thrive. But, you know, because of my childhood and because of my terrible brain chemistry and the fact that I have this job that I don't like and I'm in crippling debt, what's the point? That was the narrative that went through my mind 24-7. And you know what that that ends up? as, well, I might as well just sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat ice cream because at least then that distracts me from how miserable I feel. That was my day-to-day existence. And I was in a place where, another metaphor, (laughs) I was in a place where I was sitting on a nail. I was sitting on many nails, actually. I was sitting on a bed of nails, but the nails didn't hurt bad enough. I didn't like my life, but I actually wasn't unhappy enough to want to change. I don't think this gets talked about enough. So a lot of people, we say we want to change, but actually we're more comfortable in our misery than we are approaching the discomfort of the unknown. And the familiar, even if it's painful, seems more comfortable than the change. Or sometimes we are getting subconscious benefit from not changing. And I say all of this not in a judgmental way, just in a matter-of-fact way, because I've absolutely been there. And in my case, I wasn't happy with my body. I wasn't happy with my health. I was on a bajillion medications. I drank quite a bit. I hated my job, and I couldn't quit my job or take a lower paying job because we were in too much debt and I didn't like where I lived. Basically, I hated my life, (laughs) but it didn't hurt bad enough. I didn't hate it so much to drive me to change because I was constantly distracting myself with what Brooke Castillo calls false pleasures. I was constantly 
numbing out instead of taking action. I was zoning out with TV and junk food and booze and social media. And I was, as Pink Floyd says, I was comfortably numb. And when we're constantly inundated with distractions, often we can't feel that nail that's sticking in our behind, that's sticking in our behind and sending us a signal like, hey, get up off your butt and go do the thing. And we just dull our senses to ignore our body's cries for help. So there was a nail that I was sitting on, but the pain was not enough until one day it just was. And I can't tell you exactly what made that flip, that switch flip. I think it was a culmination of things, but I got really, really mad. I got tired of being a victim. I saw my life flash in front of my eyes and I realized that if I kept living the same Groundhog's Day story over and over of like really feeling this big potential inside of me and just completely ignoring it and living this ho-hum existence, (laughs) I didn't like the picture of how that was going to end up and I knew that it wasn't going to be pretty. And here's the thing is that I was living like lots of Americans. I was actually living probably like most Americans. I had, you know, a quote-unquote respectable life and a respectable job. And unless you were close to me and you really knew what was going on, you'd probably think I had a pretty decent life. But I was actually deeply unhappy, and I was just numbing myself to all of that Until that turned into anger, and it had a lot to do with my traditional mental health treatment and the psychiatric system and, you know, being told I was broken and (laughs) being bounced around from medication to medication and, you know, nothing ever working or providing true, true relief from my symptoms. Eventually, I was just like, F this noise, this clearly isn't working, so I cannot go down this path anymore. And the nail finally hurt bad enough. And when the nail hurt bad enough, that turned into anger. And then I let myself be fueled by the anger. And it started off, and I've shared this many, many times, is that I was just really unhappy about my weight, having gained over 60 pounds in a year and a half. (laughs) I just didn't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. I couldn't do you know, basic physical activities that that I used to do with ease. And so that's what I felt called to focus on first. I started playing with nutrition and I eventually found paleo. And that was the very first time in my life where I felt truly empowered, where I felt like I could do something tangible myself that would make a huge difference. And I didn't need anybody else to do it for me. And I had total control of it. And as I saw it working in my life, I realized that I wasn't a victim. You know, as I was making these choices and watching my health change and watching my body change and feeling the brain fog lift and feeling my mood stabilize, I realized I wasn't a victim 
life was never happening to me. I was letting life happen to me. And getting conscious about food made me become conscious about my whole life. It was like I was asleep to my entire life. I had my head in the sand. I was just going through the motions like a robot. And then when I pulled my head out of the sand about food and I had to get very conscious and deliberate about nutrition, suddenly I became conscious and deliberate about everything. Because when I was following the paleo challenge that I was initially doing, I couldn't be like, oh, that thing, it didn't really work out because nobody brought food that I could eat to the meeting, so I had to have a bagel. My health became so important to me that I brought my own lunch to meetings and I stopped expecting other people to do it for me. I stopped expecting other people to cater to my needs. I stopped expecting people to approve of what I was doing (laughs) and I stopped expecting people to like me because something I learned really quickly through the food piece was when you make a change, a lot of times people around you aren't comfortable with it or they'll mock you for it. I remember coworkers would make fun of my lunches and I was just like, this is too important to me to let your naysaying affect my decisions. So I stopped expecting other people to do it for me and I stopped expecting them to approve of anything that I'm doing because here's the thing and this is this is kind of an ugly truth but most people are completely asleep to their life and when you start waking up and you start making different choices it makes other people really really uncomfortable because they don't want a light shined on the fact that they're still sleeping They're still curled up in their cave with their blanket and their Netflix and their ice cream (laughs) and their (laughs) whoopee. And whenever you start making changes in your life to better yourself, they're like, please, please don't make me self-conscious about the fact that I'm not there yet and I'm not doing that and I feel terrible about myself. It actually has nothing to do with you ever. If anybody wants to poke fun at you for growing in any area of your life, that says a lot about their own insecurity and absolutely nothing about you. So in making these changes with my nutrition and taking personal responsibility for myself, it dawned on me, I realized an ugly truth about myself. I realized that unconsciously, I was waiting around for somebody else to take responsibility for my life. I was waiting around for people to say they were sorry, for people to apologize to me, for people to make amends. That wasn't going to happen. I was waiting around for the promotions and the raises that I thought I deserved when truly I was just kind of phoning it in. (laughs) I was waiting around for something exciting to magically appear out of the sky and save me from my misery. I don't know, like a raffle trip to Hawaii or just something. I kept thinking like something exciting needs to happen to me. I deserve something exciting. But none of it ever came. Nobody was coming to save me. Nothing exciting was going to fall out of the sky. And I started to understand just by changing my food and beginning to wake up 
to this entire life that I was completely asleep to that I had to save me. And that wasn't scary anymore. Suddenly it was empowering and it gave me something to look forward to and something to be excited about even when it was hard. And it was a challenge, yes, and it wasn't always easy, but I knew that something was different that time. I had drawn my line in the sand. I knew I wasn't going back because I knew I didn't want to be asleep anymore. It wasn't fun being asleep. It was the same old Groundhog's Day BS of living a ho-hum life and being comfortably numb. And once I had the food thing under my belt for a few months and I really started getting the hang of my nutrition, I had the energy and the mental clarity to actually do things because I was feeding my body actual real food that it could use. I looked around at the rest of my life where I was still asleep in a lot of places and I was like, oh, girl. (laughs) But instead of, oh, girl, we need to go get a half gallon of ice cream and a six pack of two-hearted ale. That was my favorite beer. I was like, oh, girl, maybe we can change this. Because I had already proven to myself that I could change my health and that I could be consistent with my food. And so I had the confidence to tackle another area of my life. And it just snowballed from there. And I tackled one big area of my life at a time. And all of this happened over years. It didn't happen day one, day 30, (laughs) Look at my radically different life. Like all of this stuff happened over years and I want to emphasize that. So after the food, the next thing I decided to tackle was my finances because my financial plan used to be what I call the la 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 plan. (laughs) Do you know what the la 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 plan is? That's the plan where you get a direct deposit from your employer and you pretty much buy whatever you want. And you look at your bank account maybe once or twice a month. And every time you go to open up your account, you have this hot wave of panic wash over you. And you're just crossing your fingers that you're not in the red. And if you want something really big that you know you can't afford, you just say F it and take out a loan or put it on a credit card because you're already in so much debt anyway. So what's the point? That's the la 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 plan. (laughs) And using the same principles And that same drive and determination that I had with food, I started playing the long game with money because paying off debt, there was not a lot of instant gratification in that. Instant gratification is buying a really fun pair of shoes and getting an endorphin hit. Playing the long long game is just keeping your eye on the prize and making really hard decisions day after day. So... A lot of people ask me, like, how did you pay off all of your debt? And the truth is, I didn't have this super structured system to go through. I just, I read a little bit of Dave Ramsey. I read some financial blogs and I just started by making a budget. And there were so many tears involved (laughs) because in order to make a budget, you have to look at historical spending. So I was pulling up old bank statements that I had never, ever looked at before. (laughs) 
and just realizing categorically what I would spend in different areas. And that was a very, very painful wake up call. So I just started by making a budget. I did not get it right the first time. I just put something together and I picked one credit card for us to start paying off. And then when we paid off that credit card, we used the snowball method and we paid off another credit card. And if you don't know what the snowball method is, um, just Google like snowball method debt repayment. And we're also going to have my very good friend Darcy on the show next week. She's a financial coach to talk all about finances. So look forward to that. And like I said, this took a few years, but my husband and I, we are now completely debt free. We have no student loans and no mortgage because we decided to sell our house this year. So 100% completely debt-free. And I mean, just a handful of years ago, we were swimming in debt and just had no idea how we were ever going to get out. So I just share all of this because it happens one choice and one day at a time. And no matter how underwater or whatever you feel, if you just choose to make the hard choices day after day, first of all, they get easier. Second of all, they're really rewarding. And third of all, you become obsessed with the long game. You start to crave the satisfaction of the long game more than you crave the instant gratification of shopping or impulse behavior or whatever it is. So, The finance thing, that gave me even more empowerment. So I had empowerment through food, and then I had empowerment through finances. finances. And then from there, I decided to look at my career and change my career because I didn't like what I was doing for work. And then this last year, we decided to move. So there is not a single area of my life that has not drastically changed, all because one day in 2014, I got really ticked off and decided to radically change the way I fueled my body. And there's that saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. I don't know who to attribute that to. I know it's a really popular quote. Because when you change one thing that you do, you never know how it might end up changing everything. Your coaching takeaways for the week So this is a super uncomfortable thing to think about, (laughs) but if you want something in your life to change, does it hurt bad enough? Is that nail that you're sitting on painful enough to do something about, or are you comfortably numb? Yeah, I just made this podcast really, really not fun, but this is an important question, and only you can know when the nail hurts bad enough, when the nail hurts too much, and when enough is enough. And by the way, this is important. I don't always think this is a process that needs to be rushed. I don't think this is a stage where we necessarily need to hack our way through it or skip over it. Because I know me personally, I needed that moment. I needed that rock bottom feeling. And by the way, rock bottom is very subjective. (laughs) Please don't come at me with like, my rock bottom was so much worse than your rock bottom. I I hate when people um, compare traumas, compare rock bottoms. 
compare my worst was worse than your worst was worse than their worst. It doesn't matter where your rock bottom is. It's just that some of us need to get to that point of enough is enough. And I kind of think that's a sacred process and it's not necessarily something that we can choose to rush. I don't know. Maybe some people disagree with me, but I know for me, um, that's just kind of how it had to happen. I needed that moment. I needed that breaking point to propel me forward. And I think that faking myself into wanting change before I was really ready for change may have backfired. I don't know. That's just a feeling that I have. I can't know that that's absolutely true, but I know for me that was really important. So number two, what area of your life is calling out for attention? What is that area of your life that makes you go, ugh, every time you think about it? Or what is the area of your life where you know you're playing small and you know you could be doing so much better, but you keep holding yourself back? Pay attention to what's calling to you and remember that you only have to do one thing at a time. Focused effort and intention will get you way farther than lots of unfocused effort. So doing one thing really, really focused and honing in on that versus doing versus kind of doing 20 things will get you farther and you actually make change faster this way. So for the rest of January, we are going to be focusing on different areas of your life where you can get your ish together. And I'm bringing on some great guests. Next week, we're talking about finances with Darcy. We've also got some amazing episodes on clutter time management, career health, and I don't want you to listen to this series and think, oh my God, I have to do all of this. But I do want to give you some ideas for different entry points because for me, it started with food, but for you, maybe it starts with cleaning your bedroom or doing something differently with your job. And every guest I'm bringing on has an amazing story and is an incredible example of what is possible. That's it for this week. Head on over to mindspeakpodcast.com for the show notes and free downloads. And if you are interested in nutrition as a portal door to transformation, I am taking applications for nutrition clients for the next two weeks. So hit up the show notes or go to wholemindredesign.com to learn more about my nutrition and mindset program that launches the third week of January. And until next time, go believe in you. I do.